United States of the Left. Oh, oh yeah, that's our podcast, isn't it? <laughs> we didn't do that for the last episode. <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. How are yeah, you doing, man? Doing great. Hope, uh, hope everyone in the audience is awesome as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the uh, second part of our interview with Oba, the my hero. <laughs> Oba, <laughs> there he's, I, goes honestly, he's my hero. <laughs> he's the coolest guy I've ever met. Uh, just saying something. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we might do an episode of just standing over. <laughs> it's it's already reaching that point. No, we really should reel it in. Yep, yep. So in this episode, like we mentioned uh, in the previous one we kind of dive into some meatier topics as it relates to leftism and uh, the overlap between uh, leftist philosophy and the uh, DIY open science. Open science, open source community in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Like the maker culture on steroids. Yeah. It's like an industrial level of DIY. Yeah. So So we won't... uh, waste any more time standing um it's not a waste it's just putting it out into the universe at this point uh but we're (laughs) stoked and there's you know there's another product that he and his team have developed that's just amazing it's amazing you know again a a world-changing product yeah that he just is like casually just plugging and you know like by the end of this episode or by the end of the interview again like my jaw was just dropped yep you know through the floor definitely rob was like who is this guy again do you (laughs) i I talked with him a little bit i was like don't worry it'll be fine (laughs) you delivered oh yeah he delivered he delivered (laughs) (laughs) all right without further ado to know was was the develop the development of this microscope and the fabrication of it um was was that done through crowdsourcing yeah so um not crowdsourcing but open but open but the like open source approach excuse me the open source yes um so um i'm part of uh, a a big community of um open science hardware experts across Mm -hmm. africa and also across the world um, um, uh, so just to give you a quick background on that, because I forgot that. Uh, so I'm also on the governing council for um, the global open science hardware um, uh, uh, community. Um, it's it has um, over ten thousand members across the world. Um, I'm also um, on the steering community and. Uh, on the governing board for the African Open Science Hardware Community. And what are these communities? Um, they're, they're basically championing application of open science principles, open science um, um, innovation, open science tools. I'm really happy you asked that question um, because the, the one of the fundamental design use case for the vote microscope was um, from an open science um, DIY in quotes, um, 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 instructable and um, what we did was to take that as a basis and build on it um, so it, it initially it came basic you know like like uh, you you call it uh, a toolkit or or um, or um, whatever you call it, whatever you call it right but then we took that and built uh, on on top of that so things like improve the um image processing to be you know more accurate you know give more details um building the casing you know building the, the, the box building every single thing you know um the structure of how it works and all those different things so the foundation for it is open science which is still um, referred to as diy or um there's the other one, um, DIT, do it together. DIT, yes, do it together. Can you explain the kind of ethos or philosophy behind 
uh, open science, DIT, DIY, like just the, the mindset of that community? Um, so we believe that um, proprietary technologies uh, are bad for global development. Um, to be specific for global expansion, for mm. um, global sustainability, right? Um, we believe that, yes, you can have um, um, technologies, uh, IPs and all that, right? Yes, you can have them. Um, but we think that there are certain IPs that should be made open source for um, communities in, um, in, in um, developing you know, worlds to be able to latch on and use them to actually save lives or build solutions that improve their livelihoods in those places. And uh, and, and that's our thesis, right? So we, we try and to- then, one second, have, Oba, yes. for our yes. listeners, IP is referring to intellectual property? Yes. Okay. And, uh, yes, okay. And, and, and um, our thesis is that um, we should think around um, um, how um, research is communicated. So um, how you communicate research um, is important for us. Um, how research is absorbed and how research um, gradually evolves into um, its, its, its contextualized form. Right. So, for example, um, the vote microscope, the DIY where it started from was basically for environmental hazards. So um, to be able to look at um, microplastics in ocean lines, right, and be able to explore um, what kind of plastics are in those ocean lines, do some forensics analysis on it and know what product are actually responsible for these depositions, right? And we were able to take that research which was done in America um, to be specific um, in some uh, uh, somewhere in Rhode Island or something like that. Um, that so we were able to uh, take... Brown University? <laughs> was that it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So you you got it actually. <laughs> so yeah, um, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so uh, we're able to take that research and um, transform um, the research into something that is contextual for us. Uh, so someone is using it else for environmental hazards uh, kind of thing, uh, sustainability and thinking about climate action and things like that. And what we were thinking about is um, how can we improve the research outputs coming out of Africa? Um, how can we improve healthcare? How can we improve um, science research? How can we make more young people excited and curious about science that they go all the way you know to become doctors to become you know world renowned scientists and things like that and so same tool you know different use cases for them yeah so i'm i'm really so, curious to explore um you know you, you mentioned how the this the ethos as you feel if i'm if i'm paraphrasing you correctly and please correct me if i'm not um you feel that this community basically their their thesis is that um using collective contributions in the development of whether it's software or hardware that you can just do a better job of problem solving build better products better efficiency and it takes the collective wisdom to achieve that in, in a in a in a streamlined way is that correct yes um okay. yes 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 so, uh yes do you feel do you feel that um that mindset that ethos is influenced by the culture of Nigeria or more broadly of Africa? Because I, for me, it seems like there's a lot of parallels between the fact that compared to here in the West, um, you guys are, I, I would assume, is more of a collectivist culture. And I'm, I'm interested to know if, if kind of the collectivist culture influences the, the open science DIY ethos. Yeah. That's really an interesting question. Um, you know, um, Africa has lived uh, many, many decades um, 
in isolation. And, um, and one of the key things we begin to realize is that we need to think more of collective um, than um, individualistic. Yeah. And um, open science, the DIY, DIT economy, um, community initiative concepts, um, it's one of the most brilliant um, thinking that um, if Africa fully adopts, would help us grow, you know, rapidly. And as, as researchers, you know, we've all come together to say, see, um, we either develop, evolve, or die. Um, we either uh, we either find ways of retooling technology from first world countries, you know, and contextualize it to solve our problems, or we have first world countries, uh, or I would say the global north, um, mm -hmm. suck us up. Um, with grants and um, aids, um, and 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 in the process, we lose our true identity and we won't be able to evolve. So, yeah, I I am I'm, I'm in full. Um, I, I believe the collective is the best approach to um, to national development, to continental development. And I mean, um, yeah, from, yeah, yes, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. Even from a like a techno tech, like a tech perspective, like mm -hmm. if you wait for the global north to come up with a solution that works for the global south, you're never going to you're always going to be waiting. Right. Like yes. the, the product is never going to be what you need. It's going to be what the global north has really decided you need. Right. Yes. Yes. And you yes. Know, the yes. microscope is is a really good example of that. You know, they'll yes. always try to market a, a two thousand dollar microscope <laughs> instead of a exactly. forty five dollar one. Yeah. Yes. 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 Sorry and, to and, cut and you that's, off. Yeah. 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 I understand. And 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 that is thank you for that. And that is um really really uh, um so true about what it is right now because what we realized is the core um is is contextualizing like how do you make this work in our settings. You cannot you cannot lift innovation from Silicon Valley and mm -hmm. think you bring it to Africa and it will work. It won't mm -hmm. work because it's mm -hmm. different. The dynamics are different. The, the climate is different. Everything is different, right? So, uh, and, and I think that's where we are, uh, are, are able to play the game well because um, we've lived in this part. We understand this part. Um, it's, so it's easier for us to um, import um, high-end technology from, you know, US, from China, from, you know, UK, Germany, and all these different places, and retool them to actually deliver value here. So yes, the collective wins. Um, DIT, DIY is really remarkable for really transforming places like Africa. Um, but where the real, um, the sweet spot is, is actually the contextualizing. And that's why you need um, Afghan experts to do it. <laughs> mm. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. Really and, cool. and what I, what I heard in that, um, was in, in, in just in talking about how the, the global North will tell you what you need, but it doesn't really address your needs. And now you guys are using this collective open science, DYT, DYI approach to actually create what you need. Um, it's almost like a rejection of colonialism because historically that's what colonialism is. It's like, hey, here are the people. We're going to, this is what you need to have a prosperous society. And this is how you should structure everything. And they impose their values and technology. And then, and then there's also elements of liberation in it where you're reclaiming what you need for prosperity in your given culture. Man, and, and yeah, um, I, I, I find it really, really, uh, uh, I, I try to be careful when it comes to things on um, speaking on 
because that's in the past. Yeah. And, but however, it's shaped what our future is. So we still have to talk about it. Um, Africa is becoming independent. Uh, I won't say we are entirely independent. We are becoming independent. We are evolving. And um, one of the, so it's just like a musician, right? So uh, I'll just quickly um, digress a little bit to talk about Jay-Z. Uh, so Jay-Z releases this song <laughs> on, yeah, this is song of Sorry Not Sorry, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and in the song he's singing about uh, Nas, right? I think he does a collaboration with Nas. And then he's singing about um, 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 Coinbase, and he said, I'm saying, I'm Coinbase, we need more people in this area, you know, so stuff like that, right? Um, something really interesting for me is that um, when you are really, really caught in a box, whatever you're doing, you go back to where you can express yourself. Some people sing, some people write, some people, you know, make art, some people, you know, whatever they do want to do, right? Um, but some people are scientists. The only way they understand, you know, how to do that is you know, to do what they do, right? So um, just to now come back to your, um, to what you're saying about colonialism and how this actually gives us the power to be independent and say no to that whole field is that for us, we're as scientists, this is the way we understand how to respond to all the many years and centuries of slavery and colonialism that Africa has gone through. And this is us saying that Africa is rising. Africa is becoming what many people actually never thought would be. Um, yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we have challenges here and there, but there are certain angles where we're doing really amazing things in the angle of research to understand our own problems and how to solve them. Um, and the open science and the collectives is just the best way for us to stay on our game and really keep it going. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd, say, I'd, I'd say that it, it, in its way, it's us saying, um, we're not slaves anymore. We, we don't take instructions from anyone. We have our destiny in our hands and um, we, we can build whatever we want to build and solve our problems. We're not saying that we're not going to be collaborative. No, we are open to collaboration, um, but on mutual grounds um, where it's a mutually beneficial collaboration. Um, and yes, uh, that's our response to that. I would say that this whole answer is, is kind of careful. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> rock anybody's boat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so please, yeah. you can well, cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, that was like, was you really said powerful. so many powerful things. I, this is powerful. <laughs> Let us know if Are you, you sure? want us to cut that out, but I want to keep well, that <laughs> well, if we can. Well, I, I, would, I, would, I would leave it to you to uh, edit it. In a way that I'm not saying to hell with, you know, Western aid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Opa, I, I think what what I've been, you know, listening to and I've been a little quiet and just listening is that one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you in the first place is because so few people in the United States even travel. So few people mm. in the United States study history. Like so few people in the United States really know what is going on anywhere in the world, Guilty. much less Nigeria. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people in the United States and, and I'm not saying like, you know, the United States population is uniquely dumb or uniquely uninformed. I think lots of people around the world are very uninformed about the rest of the world. And, um, you know, as you said about colonialism, you know, it's it's in the past, you know, we're trying to 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 move into the future. But. In and I, I'm going to go into like some weird space here, but I feel like part of that work is also in the United States people or in the global north, people need to decolonialize their mind 
they need to stop thinking of the rest of the world as either a place to be saved or a place that's beyond saving, you know, and that instead it's that neutral ground that you're talking about where, you know, people in Africa have as much to contribute to the, to the global good as somebody in, you know, Rhode Island. Um, and I think that that's a, I think it's really powerful to, to have that, um, have your perspective in this conversation because people need to hear these things. You know, it's oftentimes the, the needs and the problems of somebody in Nigeria is going to be just completely different from somebody in South Central Los Angeles or somebody in Tunisia. But like we all are trying to push for this better world where everyone has this respect and has the ability to to express themselves whether it's through science or art or you know i mean i think that's supposed to i i don't know i i think it's just really powerful to hear that and and to hear you know our listeners and and even just ourselves just yeah. to hear yeah. the this input from you i think is really powerful just on an individual basis yeah mm, thank you um, I, 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 I want to chip in something um, based on what you just said about travel. Um, mm -hmm. So I was in I was in New Orleans um, in 2019. Uh, I think uh, that was May or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was visiting um, a research group there in um, um, uh, Metairie, somewhere there. And and then the, the lady, the, 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 the owner of the company, the CEO, she says she wants to take me on a tour around the place. And then we just got talking and I was just sharing some experiences. And she said something. She said, do you know that the, 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 the number of people in America, or the number of Americans who have passports to travel is 15%. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's, if it's a valid data, but mm -hmm. she said that I haven't confirmed that, right? And she's like, so don't feel bad when they treat you certain ways. They just don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So I'll give you an example. So I go to, um, so I'm sick. I go to a hospital in Long Beach. Oh. And um, yeah. Shout out to Long Beach. <laughs> got, Long Beach. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to a hospital in Long Beach and uh, I walk into the emergency place and I'm like, oh, I need to see a doctor. Uh, I'm not feeling well and all that. And then she, the lady at the counter tries to register me in and she's like, um, so yeah, what's your social security number? And I'm like, no, I'm not from here, right? I don't have a social security number, right? This is my my passport. Like, take the information. And she says, you don't have social security number in your country? I'm like, <laughs> Like, not every country has social security number. Yeah. They don't call it social security number. They probably will have it as something else, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, she, and, oh and she's, she's like, she's like, she's like surprised. And this is someone who is at the emergency uh, counter, right? Like, mm -hmm. she's surprised that a country doesn't have something called social security number and that the whole world wasn't connected with this social security number that mm -hmm. once you type it mm -hmm. in to bring out all your details and i'm like no it doesn't work that way like america mm -hmm. works in america but not you know nigeria is different like my information is not going to come on your system it's, you're mm -hmm. not going to so like um sometimes when i travel it just expands my horizon and i i begin to understand a lot of things right um mm -hmm. uh um for example, uh, tomorrow I'm going to have be having a small party, and um, I'm going to be barbecuing. And I just thought about how Jeff you barbecued that time, and so I tried to go get some of the similar things, you know, to have the, oh. the long grain stuff in, you know, yeah. the sandwich, you know, and all that, right? Or you know, roasting the the, the pineapple, which I have never mm. had before, right? So like. If I didn't travel, if I didn't meet you, I wouldn't have that, you know, experience and be able yeah. to replicate it and now give my audience and say, oh, wow, I, I learned this when I went to Long Beach, the roast pineapples. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew the roast pineapples, right? So, like, 
So that's something interesting. Uh, yeah. So I think traveling is also very key to mm-hmm. um, the collective thinking, um, to also DIY, to DIT, and um, also helps us um, take all that learning and help contextualize it in here. Awesome. Cool. That's so cool. Oh, also, yeah. Rob, I'm seeing your phone blowing up. Too. Yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> we got some domestic challenges going on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, it, oh, but this is this is awesome. I'm so happy that grilled pineapple yeah. has made its way across the Atlantic <laughs> as well. Like that's exciting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now I'm like honestly, I just I I just got really nervous because I was like, man. I hope I cooked a good meal for you because <laughs> it was bad. And now you, you're just like, oh, well, this is what they do in America. And everybody- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to talk. I think it's, it's probably getting long in the tooth yeah. at this point, too. But this has been this has been excellent. And um, mm. I. I hope that, you know, maybe we can have a follow on conversation in a, you know, at some later date yeah. just to be able to, to catch up and, and, you yeah. know, do another interview and just talk more about your work. I mean, yeah, I, there's a lot there that I, so I would want there. to explore, um, especially because yeah. I think it's, it's really I, not to open up another topic, no, but yeah. yes, please, please. You can. You can. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's not it's not too long for me. It's fine. Um, oh, I have the evening. Great. Yeah. OK. Yeah, because like okay so in in thinking about the the uh the open science ethos uh culture um obviously there's the the issue of intellectual property here in the west you know we have a hyper individualistic approach to business to our economy we have a a hyper capitalistic approach to our economy and it seems like I, I would understand how here in the West we would view um, uh, open open source open science approach as a threat because it's like no that's my intellectual property I own this I need I want to uh, monetize it right and and it seems like you guys are having a, a different approach where you're kind of deconstructing this idea that it's one or the other. Like, like, and, and so I'm just, I'm just interested to know what's your take on that. And if you feel that, if you feel that having an open science model for both the economy it, 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 and the businesses on a, on a micro and macro level is a better approach than like our kind of Western hyper-individualistic, hyper-capitalistic approach. Oh, that's a very beautiful question. Uh, that's really good. Um, I, I would thinking of how to uh, really put this in perspective. Okay, so first I will just say a couple of things so you understand where I come from in regards to this. So um, so my uncle, uh, so I'm going to give this. This is just this is an example. My uncle, who I lost uh, in February, um, was sick. He was rushed to the hospital. Um, he was gasping for breath, and um, there was he needed oxygen, right? But the oxygen was being used by someone else at the end of the building in another ward for another patient. So. Um, they say, oh, he needs oxygen. So they rush to go get the oxygen, right? The oxygen tank. And just about when they got to him, he died. Now, in the place of such a situation like that, um, do you think that, and, and this is an open question, you don't have to answer, do you think that IP is matter? Like, I would do anything, you know, I would take any DIY tool that tells me the protocols on how to, you know, um, manufacture um, oxygen in large quantity that people can have access to easily. And 
I will not care where I'm taking that from. And I will not also care if any other person who wants to see that takes that and replicate that. What I'm just trying to drive out is, for us, it's more about survival. It's more about um, living, right? Fine, people want to make money, but in the face of in the face of healthcare, in the face of national security, in the face of uh, of um, sustenance of of the, of the African race, um, um, innovation for development comes higher than IP for us. And I'm not saying some people are not trying to patent what they've done. I'm not saying some people are not capitalist, uh, are not capitalist in thinking. Uh, I'm just saying that this is the angle which us view square we think about. Um, um, we don't have patents. We don't. We don't patent anything. We just don't talk about it. We may have agreements and say, oh yes, this and this has been done, and this is how it should be done, and our staffs don't talk about it. But if along the way you're able to actually figure it out, we're like, oh wow, nice. We'll say, oh, okay, come work with us, come collaborate with us. You figured it out, you're smart, right? So come, <laughs> come work with us, right? But we're not gonna, um, we don't patent. We don't patent things. And now looking at it from the American or the US concept of being capitalist in thinking, I would say that um, it's good, it's also bad. It's good in the sense that um, you are able to guarantee that people are rewarded for hard work, right? Um, but on the long run, it's bad. So let's take COVID-19 vaccine, for example. Should the COVID-19 vaccine be patented? Should no. it Should yeah, it no. be? <laughs> just just going to put that out there. Like, <laughs> unequivocally, no. Come on, like, Biden. Get with the program, Biden. Like, should it? No, mm -hmm. it shouldn't. It should mm -hmm. be open source. Mm -hmm. Everyone around the world should be able to pick, their, go into their lab and be able to, you know, repeat the protocols and get the same results. And then let's leave it to regulators to regulate quality. So we regulate quality, not regulating the constituent or the idea that someone else can't do it. I, I think I think I think that we have got we are getting to the stage in the human race where we are beginning to bite our own tails. Mm. We're beginning to eat, we're beginning to so just imagine uh, a snake feeding on a still mm -hmm. and thinking it's food. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're eating on ourselves without knowing that we're eating ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you, you see, it gets to a point where you've been smart, you now become too smart for good, right? So you outsmart yourself. <laughs> You're too smart, you outsmart yourself. Yeah. In, in this case, the, the human race has evolved and developed to a point where we need to embrace the collective thinking around innovation and advancement. We should find other incentives for reward of work on research, for reward of work on breakthroughs. We should find other, um, um, other things around it. Um, for us, we find out that the, the, the reward is the first mover advantage. So, while other people are still trying to, you know, figure it out or try to, you know, improve on it, we're already like a year, two years ahead of you. And we've made whatever returns we want to make. Um, we've made a name for it. And then we move on to something else. And a practical example is Adreno. I don't know if you know the Adreno, uh, the Adreno um, initiative. It's a small board. Uh, I have one in the house, but it's somewhere. Um, so it's a small Adreno board. And it's one of the most successful open source um, platforms in the world. Uh, I, I, would, I would just draw the spelling in the chat. Uh, Adreno. Yes, and that's it. Adreno. Um, so if you read about the Adreno initiative, it's used by 
millions and millions of people across the world. In fact, I would say billions. And if, if there are researchers, uh, uh, we have 7.2 billion people in the world. So let's say that roughly like 1.2 billion people use the Arduino. Um, we use it. It's a small prototyping board. And the founder of Arduino designed the board and just put it out there on the internet. And they make their own boards. So there's the Arduino from the official company, Arduino. But um, there's uh, 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 um, there are other there are other you know replicas of it. Some of them call it PCDino. Some of them call it whatever <coughs> you know, uh, Fidino, Findanio, all sorts. But they are all using the same Arduino technology. Now, Arduino is one of the most successful architecture in the world right now in terms of open source embedded system boards, right? They made so much money from it. They've gotten so much grant from it. <laughs> They've gotten um, so much support from it, right? They have a name for it. Their boards are being used in South Sudan in IDP camps. Their boards are being used, you know, in Sri Lanka, in you know, all sorts of places like that, Bangladesh, and all these different places. So uh, I feel that we should think about. And, and, and that's 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 just my response. We need to think about the incentives for the next generation of the world, um, for how we're going to incentivize um, researchers who have put in years and years of work into coming up with something. I think the Nobel Prize does a little justice to that. The Nobel Prize is not a patent, but it's saying that we give you $100 million every year for i think a million dollars every year for the rest of your life right we should think around such incentives for people who really do great you know great things yeah. I, I, I don't know i'm just thinking about it and it has to come in from a policy angle it has to come in from government angle yeah to, to all these i mean things. yeah i think that that's a it's a really good point about i mean you just listed off so many different countries that you know, are are utilizing this open source technology and 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 coming together in sort of this collective um, distribution of knowledge. And you know, I I would say even like Wikipedia is is something that when you know, like I remember. I mean, we were all maybe ten years old, fifteen years old when Wikipedia started, and now it's it's still. It's free. It's collective. It's free, and it it contains the knowledge of the human race. Yeah. Without, without any regards to, um, IP. language or or mm -hmm. IP or anything, and it's just it's actually. I mean, I I constantly think about what the history books are going to talk about, you know, two hundred years or three hundred years from now. And I think that like Wikipedia and the open source community are, <laughs> these are things that are going to persist and they're going to be taught to our children's 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 children far more than what company invented the Pfizer vaccine. You know, like exactly. it's, it's really inspiring to think of just how much the human race could work together to solve a lot of these problems and that breaking down a lot of this individualistic wealth building can, you know, we're so concerned about in the United States, especially concerned that if there's no monetary incentive for work, that work won't be done. But Oba, as you were saying, is that when you're stuck in a box, like it's, it's your human nature to, to create, it's your human nature to, to produce and to collaborate and to collaborate yeah. and whether it's Cooperate. science or art or, you know, finding ways to, to help other people or, you know, I'd even say business. Like there, I think that there are people who just are there, you know, they, they fundamentally are just like geared towards that direction, but that is something that we can embrace not as a global north or as a global south thing but just something that as humans together we're all working together and sort of trying to break down those walls yeah and honestly yeah. i mean that's like united states of the left is our podcast name but yeah. like i intentionally try to think of that as like an international yeah perspective because what you're talking about oba is not just something for africans it's not just something for nigerians it's not just something for 
a specific, a specific subset of people, I think that especially with climate change, we're all going to need to crowdsource yeah. solutions yeah. very quickly. And yeah. we can't wait for a company or a government to tell us what the solution is. It's yeah. really it's yeah. really about us working together, you know, Nigerians and Americans and Bangladeshi yeah. with Peruvians and, and solving these human scale issues. Yeah. 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 And and, and, and that's so true. Um, I, I just remembered, so I wanted to chip it in. So I sit on a board called the African Open Science, no, sorry, the um, Africa Archive. Uh, so I just going to put it Africa Archive. And we're going to be linking um, all these organizations in the show notes. Yes. Yes. So um, Africa Archive, um, the, the goal of Africa Archive is to champion um, preprints for Africa where we're able to document um, research of Africans on African repositories made by Africans for Africans and across the world. And, um, and, and, and this is a, an interesting platform because um, when you think about um, open source and how that influences um, innovation across Africa. So let, let me give an example. So I'm in Tanzania um, sometime in um, ending of 2019. And uh, we're, we're, we're looking at documenting the research on spices. Uh, so we have different spices that come from, from Tanzania, right? And most of these spices have been exported to, you know, America and US and a couple of other places. And you use them to cook in your kitchens, right? And some of these spices actually come from from, uh, from maybe somewhere like a country like Tanzania. And um, something um, interesting was that we saw that one of the spices that come from Tanzania was actually being patented in um, in US, right? So it means that um, if Tanzanians decide to now grow massively these spices and try to sell to America, it would be infringing on some patent rights there. Wow. So it's really sad. Um, so we have a lot of um, a lot of researchers come to African soil, you know, take some of our spices uh, that really, really taste good and go and patent it in their countries so that they now become the major supplier of those spices in those countries. So what we've done with the Africa Archive platform is to create a means where local researchers can actually document their research work. Um, so you find a spice, you can document it there. It's out there in the, in the open, such that we're able to link up with um, patent bodies in America, in China, in all these different places, that they can query our database and also use it to compare and say, hey, man, this is, this is a spice from, from Tanzania. Why do you want to patent it here? Like, right. You, you you didn't you didn't like mix this spice. All you did was hop on a plane, go to somewhere in Zanzibar, you know, see where they're growing the spice, take the spice, crush it, put it in a bottle, and bring it back to America. And now you want to patent it. So, like, uh, I just thought to throw that in um, because we're talking about um, how. Um, um, I, I, Patents and um, IPs and all these different things could sometimes limit our um, growth of the human race, and and that's yeah. a practical example of one, uh, which 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 is it now. Well, I, I yeah. think it's really. I think I think the sentiments you've shared and the work you're doing, Oba, is really beautiful because from from my perspective, um, you know, I, I agree that the. Um, the challenges that we're facing as a species, as a as a globe, are are so large that our current paradigm is insufficient to address it. And it, and I love the analogy you used about the snake eating itself and thinking that it's full. I, I fully agree with that. And and that's why that's it, from my from my perspective, the snake eating itself. I just view it as late state late stage capitalism. And, mm -hmm. and while it's brought us very far, while capitalism has brought us far as a, you know, 
has brought you know many countries far and helped with development. It, in my opinion, it's time for a shift into uh, the next stage of uh, how to do business, you know, economy structures, global economy structures, and and just the the open the open source open science ethos of collaboration. And, and even what I heard you say that it's not, it's like, yes, people want to make money and that's important, but you're prioritizing humanity before the profit incentive with that powerful anecdote about the, you know, needing a ventilator for someone dying of COVID and does IP matter in that moment. And, and just that kind of moral rearrangement where we're putting humanity first I, I just I just couldn't agree more how important that is and 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 it seems like the open science open open source movement is helping to spread this ideology this ethos and and reshape the way people think about you know markets and, and economies and, and business structure mm. very true very true I also wanted to just uh, chip in um, another of our products <laughs> so this is where they say time for the commercials so <laughs> so yeah we have this and this is really new um it's not yet out so you probably be the first set of people seeing it for the first time um so it's a small um device you see it fits in my palm and we it's about the size um, of a thumb drive for our listeners yes um zippo Yes. Yes. So, um, Jeff, you know about the Volt School, and um, I don't know if you know about the Volt School. Uh, so, the Volt. I'll just put the link in there, um, so you can. So, the Volt School is um, is a platform for. Um, high school students to have access to digital learning um, resources or materials um, for school for from grade seven up to grade twelve, and um, and uh, uh, it basically covers nine subjects uh, uh, across board. Um, we launched it last year during the lockdown. Um, when the lockdown happened, we launched it for um, out of school students. Um, across Africa, uh, and um, right now, as of last last uh, last week, um, we um, in total ha have over uh, ten thousand students on the platform. Wow! Um, we yeah, and and we it's been used in nine countries across Africa right now. Um, five West African countries um, used in South Sudan, Uganda, used in Kenya. Um, using Cameroon, and it's quite exciting for us. Uh, we we had students who were at home and couldn't go to school. Um, log on a platform, uh, log on this platform, and just be able to you know take um, classes for free, right? Um, so the, the the classes are all that are free. All content is free. We create the content, we push the content out there for free. You know, um, even though now we are adding a premium model to it um, to also build the sustainability for it um but the exciting thing about this is now we have the vote school offline so this is the offline where you don't need internet to have access to the learning content so all the contents um, ten thousand different classes of um months and months of you know teaching um are all on this um wireless device so wow. you plug this into um to a, a, a low cost, you get power with five volts, you plug it to a power bank or, you know, to the wall of your house or to a solar panel. And this would blast a wireless signal that um, 30 other either mobile phones, tablets or PCs or Macs can connect to that Wi-Fi and go through an offline server. Uh, go to the different contents and you know watch those different contents. Um, so we're so looking cool. to launch so cool. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a university yes. and a wireless yes. thumb drive. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we're looking to launch the, uh, this um, something called the Learning Boot. So it's going to be called a Vote School Learning Boot. And the Vote School Learning Boot would um, be like just your cyber cafes of those days where you, you go and you buy some voucher to have access to the internet. Um, so you have a, a computer, you know, in a well-organized room. You go and buy a voucher, you punch in the, the ticket number or something, and then you're able to have access to internet. But now in this case, you have those same computers, but you buy some voucher, maybe like um, 50 cents for two hours, uh, and you're able to punch it in on the vote school offline and have access to learn, you know, at low cost. Um, this will support traditional education in rural communities across Africa. Mm. Um, it would also, you know, key into our mandate to increase research output across the continent mm -hmm. um, and also improve on, you know, the productivity of the next generation of Africans. So all these things key into um, so the core work we do um, and, and bulk of this is powered by an open source tool. So that's why it comes back. So I'm just going to open it so you can see uh, what's, uh, what it has in there. So it has in here a small device called a Raspberry Pi Zero. It's yeah. a very small device. Uh, and, and then you have that. So this is, this is a small board, right? And then it has all the content um, sitting on a small memory card. Wow. It's exactly yeah. what you would put in your phone. Yeah, it's like a yes. SIM card. Yeah, it's like a SIM card. <laughs> it's a memory card, yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, yeah. And so you have that there, and that all sits um, now in um, the, the small device here, right? And, and that's also open source. The Raspberry Pi is open source technology. Uh, right. And, right. and then now we're able to retool that, um, build some software on this put content on it and send it to a village that doesn't have access to internet, having, doesn't have access to um, stable electricity. And now they can have access to good quality education, you know, wow. uh, and learn from there and probably get excited about um, innovation or science, you know, and then it does all this transformation. So we are going to be plugging in our existing um, 10,000 students from across the nine countries and be blasting this through all that. Um, so hopefully sometime next year, maybe the, around this time, probably would have um, thousands of people using this too. Well, that's, it's in a pilot phase right now for those 10,000. Yes, but it's not out. It comes out um, sometime mm -hmm. in June. Mm -hmm. uh, but but it's 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 done with R and D right now. Um, mm. So would would be seen like it in full action um, mm. sometime in June. Wow. Yeah. Which is which is yeah. also perfect timing, really, with the COVID nineteen, because that's going to be continued. Like uh, because of the lack of uh, vaccines and because of intellectual property issues it's quite possible COVID-19 will last for years longer in Africa than elsewhere, right? Because people will be waiting for those vaccines. So it's quite possible those students will need to have access to education for a very long time outside remote. of yeah, remote school. Yes, yes, I, I agree with you. But something more interesting, you know, you know, sometimes we have speculations, and but it, the data would not lie to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. um, what we're seeing now on our existing 10,000 students is that the vote school platform, having people who are in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, who have missed out on being able to take the like uh, O level examination, like um, can you? Um, Oba, like, sorry, yeah. we had an audio issue. Can you repeat that? I think something happened there. There was a lag. Yeah. So yes. who is who is utilizing so, the uh, the tool? So right now, the data is showing us that we have it's it's pioneering adult education. So mm, people so cool. who are in their forties and fifties and sixties. Mm -hmm. are thinking about using this platform 
to take their O level exam. So O level mm -hmm. exams is equal to like SAT, mm -hmm. right? So they're able to use the old school to prepare for these exams. And, and that is just remarkable for us because um, when you think about inclusion in education, when you think about safe space in education, um, this just is a good tool for them to also do, you know, continued education, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we're seeing that, we're seeing it playing a huge role there. We're also seeing it playing a huge role in encouraging um, girls, the girl-child education, mm -hmm. um, where um, currently we have 41% of the students who are girls. And, um, and, and that's really exciting for us that's because huge. if the, mm -hmm. yeah, if the platform can encourage um, um, the girl child to be excited about science and then study on the platform because there are quizzes there, you know, um, there's also a chat feature where you can also chat with, you know, classmates from other countries. Oh, yeah. And wow. then, yeah, and then you can actually like um, collaborate on how did you solve that question? Yeah. Oh, I got, I got X uh, score in the quiz. Um, how did you get the answer to the, you know, so it's quite interesting for us. And then a third thing is that um, we're also seeing it being used by the um, the Islamic community um, be because um, we have in certain regions where um, uh, where where the community prefers um, the Quranic school over Western education. Yeah. Right. So, so, so um, it's easier for uh, such students or such uh, uh, such communities um, to complement the Quranic school. So, Quranic mm -hmm. school, right, mm -hmm. where they learn about um, about Islam and things like that, mm -hmm. with uh, alongside with um, with Western education. Right. Yeah. So we are beginning to do some community engagement with, you know, Quran, such Quranic schools, such communities like that to see, oh, you can, you can actually get proper education, right, mm -hmm. without necessarily going to the Western four wall school. Mm -hmm, right. right. So it's it's just it's a diff it's a different thinking, you know. So you then start you know moving around peace building and things like that. Mm -hmm. So. So yes, those are some of the exciting things we're seeing um, with the world school. So cool. Yeah, man. So I mean, that's cool. great. I mean, we're just talking about like how diverse Nigeria is. Like Robin had been doing some deep dive into that and you know, hundreds of languages, hundreds of cultures um in Nigeria itself. And then you expand that out to the rest of the continent of Africa. Yeah. I mean, you you're going from you know the the muslim countries in the on the mediterranean coast down through the sahara um where there's a, a, a just a huge variety of of cultures and then down into nigeria and ghana and then you still have so much you know the the continent is huge and it's so diverse yeah. and it's so full and the fact that you're finding technology that is usable throughout the continent mm -hmm. is just you know like i'm struck by the fact that you you're just so quick to say like it can be powered by like a solar panel yeah. it can yeah. be powered you just plug it into your wall like i mean because it needs to be able to be applied throughout a huge varying infrastructure infrastructure yeah economic yeah. differences religious yeah. and cultural differences and the fact that you're able to you're not pushing but you're collaborating across the board is just uh, it's so cool and it's low cost i mean you think about like yeah. that's what struck me it's like one of the huge problems we face here in america is just the outrageous cost of education especially higher education mm -hmm. and you guys mm -hmm. put you guys put an entire like university on a on a on a on a mobile thumb drive that works off of a solar panel. It's like who needs to go into you know two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt? They just need to get uh you know a Volt school from Oba. Yeah, <laughs> and then you and you you go through the school and then so we we are beginning to also do these things called the raffle draws. Um, um, so those ones are coming out fully in September, and um, what they are is that. 
um, students who complete the materials here can enter into a raffle draw for their fees for the examinations to be paid. Wow. Uh, so yeah, so you, you can also get the fees paid, you know, and uh, we pay for the fees. You, you, you take the exams, you pass them, and, and that's our joy, right? So uh, yeah. That's our joy. So yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. So we're, I think we gotta we gotta wrap this up, Bo. But where can people find you yeah. and and your projects? Um, so uh, currently on the View Square website, you find the projects on um, ViewSquare.org. Um, for the vote school microscope, it's um, ViewSquare.org/vote. V-O-L-T. Um, my Twitter handle is at Obateke, O-B-A-T-E-K-E. -E. Can you try and, that? Um, can you put that in the chat, your Twitter handle? Because I haven't followed you yeah. yet. I'm going to follow you on my yeah. anonymous account, so you won't know if I'm following you. But oh, I will be. <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, at Obateke. And um, if um, it's really, really... Uh, strong you can always send me an email at obashegmo at viewsquare.org and uh, uh and and yes i would respond to that and uh yeah those are basically it you can also read square.org slash makers hub and um, you can read more about uh, all the work we do on uh, misinformation on art on viewsquare.org slash mission formation and then you can read about the art on viewsquare.org slash 3dvae yeah well thank you so much Elba. we definitely appreciate not only you taking the time to uh talk to us but just everything you're doing man to improve the people around you the world at large and thank you. Uh, we really want to have you back in the future because there was just so many things i wanted to get to that we just didn't have time time for thank so you. Thank you so much. Yeah, this will probably so be much. like a two-part episode <laughs> just to get through it all. But that's yeah. excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. Thank you. And it's great to see you again. I, I Congratulations. You. I, you know, I hope things start to calm down on your end, too. I know it's been a, yeah. it's been a rough year for everyone. So stay yes. safe. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much for it. And uh, looking forward to more talks and all the yeah. best with this. This is really great. Uh, we need more of um, this collaboration. Uh, it's part of the collective's thinking. Yeah, so, it, it thank really you very is. much. It really is. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Have a See great, you, have a great, uh, great morning or afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy your All Saturday. Right. It's just, I I don't even know where to start here. Sure. We've got the the IP piece. Yeah. Uh, we've got the 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 miniature classroom that right. can be powered by a cell phone. Right. I'm just. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the highs and lows of of the the entire story. I'm sure. Still, again, like I cannot stand Oba enough. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some some notes from the interview that was really impactful to me was uh, definitely the discussion about um, the this DIY movement is part of self-determination and a like a repudiation of colonialism and, and i really appreciated jeff the the uh, comment you made about how it was it's a value for us in the global north and in the west to hear oba's perspective to decolonize our minds i thought that was a, a really good uh, take that you had there yeah well i mean i think even even with it you know oba said like it's in the past it's not something that we want to dwell on anywhere mm -hmm. uh as you know uh, being a victim on you know it's it's rather you know taking sort of the 
taking the reins and and like you said self-determination and just saying like okay what's done is done and you know we're going to build a philosophical framework that supports the entire uh community the entire yeah. global south that supports yeah. everyone based off of us knowing what our needs are exactly exactly and just how important that is i mean the the intellectual property rights where you know someone is copywriting like indigenous i I don't know if indigenous is the right word but you know spices that are that are made and planted and grown and have been a a part of historical and you know sure um cultural cuisines are being copyrighted yeah in the global north yeah and and now are the property rights of someone in seattle is yeah i i i was just like oh <laughs> sure you know it, it i know these things are happening but to hear it firsthand is just still you know yeah and it raises my ire <laughs> definitely and i also really was impacted by the story uh regarding his uncle needing uh oxygen and and just how he framed the morality. His, his uncle died yeah. not having access to oxygen yeah. because of intellectual property. Right. You know, someone right. needed to make money off of that right. device. And I think that's just such a uh, a voice that needs to be elevated uh, here in, in the United States. I think I was listening to a podcast over the weekend, and um, this woman is running for Congress in Nevada and her main policy is she's uh, spearheading uh, universal health care. Mm. And um, because her daughter died under, you know, similar, similar uh, situation where the right access to care was denied because of financial reasons. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was just really powerful when Oba made the case when discussing intellectual property and how it relates to capitalism. And he basically, you know, made the case that, you know, humanity needs to come first before profits, which I think is just completely uh, lost mm-hmm. in our hyper capitalists. Uh, society. Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I mean, people are still dying by the the hundreds, if not thousands, as we speak right now, yeah. uh, to COVID uh, in the country and throughout the world. And you know, the, a lot of our decisions that have been made over the last few years have been around whether or not that that line, the stock yeah. market, is going up or down. Yeah, and I more believe, than anything else, I believe forty thousand Americans die every year from not having access to healthcare. Yeah. Which is the same amount as car crashes essentially. Sure. sure. Um, yeah. Awful. So let's, let's continue having these discussions. Definitely. And you know, if you have any questions, comments, uh, or if you know anyone who you'd like to hear us interview, uh, for changing, you know, cause they're changing the world or, you know, they're living their best leftist lives. Let us know at people's house for United left at Gmail. All right, Jeff. Well, this was a good one. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thank thanks, you. Oba. Thanks, Oba. That was great. Hope things are good over there. It's been a bit. <laughs> Call me. Call us. Yeah. <laughs>